pass. Jokic to James. Throws it in with a right-hand flush. Darius Garland in his third year out of Vandy. Sends it to his teammate, Jared Allen, on the alley-oop slam. These guys are building some good chemistry. That was a lot of no-look right there. One minute gone by in the quarter. LeBron turns it over on a pass intercepted by Tatum. Morant gets by James, lifts it off the glass, and Embiid is there to flush it home. Here's Trey Young spinning the 360 spinning John Morant for the slam. John Morant caught that up in the air with his back to the basket, turned around, and dunked it. Here comes Curry on the drive to the free throw line, through the lane, goes out to the right. Here's a three, and it's good. He ties the all-star record with his ninth. And takes the lead and made threes in all-star game history career. DeRozan front court to James. LeBron out of the right. Is he trying to find Curry? No, he's going to turn, he's going to fade, and he's going to hit it for the win! The King of Cleveland returns! LeBron James winning the 71st NBA All-Star Game, 163-160. to Team LeBron, 5-0 in All-Star Games. Mark Kessischer and PJ Carlissimo on the call on NBA Radio. What's up and welcome into our NBA Radio All-Star Postgame Show along with Mitch Lawrence. I'm Jonathan Hood. Open phone lines for you, 855-NBA-JUMP, 855-622-5860 is our phone number. You can hit us up on Twitter as well at Mitch underscore Lawrence at TweetJHood at Series 6M NBA. Last night, Mitch, we were able to see a Team LeBron defeating Team Durant. 163 to 160, and there it was. Steph Curry was outstanding as he wins the Kobe Bryant MVP award. Yep, first All Star MVP award for Stephen Curry, and he does it with a 50 point night, breaking the record with by making 16 threes, which was just incredible. He put on one of the great shooting performances. And how about the fact that on a night with LeBron James in Cleveland, his old home arena, right? As a member of the Cavaliers, leading that franchise to its only titles, he hits the big game-winning shot, a tough 17-foot fadeaway over Joel Embiid and Zach Levine. And what happens? Steph Curry walks off with the All-Star Game MVP. I'm sure LeBron was pretty surprised by the voting outcome of that. But congratulations to Steph Curry. He just had a monster record-setting night on a great evening for the NBA. God, 16 for 27 from three. And can anyone ever score have 16 threes in a game? I, Regular season, playoffs, <laughs> All-Star Game. I don't I, think this ever going to be touched. I, don't th I think that record, and it, it was amazing, in the second and third quarters. He made 13 of 17, Jonathan. He had 39 points in those two quarters. He cooled off in the fourth quarter, had chances to hit the game winner, but it came down to LeBron winning it. And I'm sure LeBron was thinking probably when he walked off the court, I got to be winning this. In a, this is my arena, my old arena. I got to be winning the MVP. And it goes to the other guy from Akron, Steph Curry. So congratulations to Steph. He's the fifth warrior to win this and the first since all-star game MVP in the first since Kevin Durant a couple of years ago. What happened to Kevin Durant, right, since yeah. then? Well, things have changed, but a great night for Steph Curry as he adds another piece of hardware to uh, just an amazing total for him during his outstanding career. Mitch, there are stars and there are superstars all over this league as you and I watch this on a nightly basis, but Steph Curry really gets all the attention because no one can shoot the basketball like Steph Curry, and you've seen three-point shooters for a long time, and so have I, but no one does it like Steph Curry, and yes, whether he's by himself, hand in his face, no matter what, he finds a way to knock down 
that three. But to have 50 points on a night like this on on NBA 75, what a, a great moment to have that done in Cleveland. By the way, I mean, there's two kids from Akron. There's LeBron James and the, the, the other kid that shoots the threes, Steph Curry. It's a great night for him in Cleveland as well. It's amazing that he had the 16 threes and only 27 attempts. Team Durant, the team that they beat, Team LeBron, they had 21 as a team. And he didn't just you know smash the record he obliterated paul george had the previous record jonathan he had nine in the game in toronto back in 16 i was surprised it was held by actually paul george who's not known as a great three-point shooter but he had nine and you're right i don't think this is a a, a record that we're going to see uh, even evened or approached in the next few years as much as the three-pointer especially in the all-star game is just a, such a big part of the game such a big part of the exhibition I mean, to make 16, that's usually what guys have to do that. It would take you two games for most players to get 16. So just a, an amazing night for Steph Curry, who caught fire uh, throughout. And then uh, the other thing that he just had to love is the fact that he was getting booed throughout the weekend because he is one of the ultimate enemies in Cleveland. Even though he's from Akron, the job that he and Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, obviously, back in the day for the Warriors not that long ago, defeating the Cavaliers several times in the final. So for him to win this award in that building had to be extra special. 50 points for Steph Curry. Actually, in 2017 in the All-Star game, Anthony Davis had 52. So, I mean, you know that uh, Steph Curry was hunting that. I'm sure he knew that in the back of his mind. But nonetheless, he still had a great night as he got a chance to talk to ESPN Radio after the game as Steph Curry and Team LeBron defeats uh, Team Durant 163-160. to 160. Speaking of Steph Curry, the MVP, standing by with Roz. Steph, you dropped the 50 ball. You smashed the all-time all-star three-point record here. What got into you? Was it the early booing? Like, what got into you today? I mean, I've obviously got a lot of history in this building. You know, uh, all the finals, the runs and all that. The booing from practice to uh, last night to today. I loved it because I love the energy. and I, I did feed off of it for sure. I got off to a good start, and then the avalanche just started. And um, most importantly, like I've been around, you know, eight, eight of these. I really just want to have fun. Like those, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to go out and just try to like perform and do all that. But just if you have fun, good things happen. Yeah, and you've had so many accolades in your career, but this is your first All-Star MVP. How does this one stand out to you? It's kind of weird because, like, I see Russ, Giannis, AD, Bron, uh, a lot of other guys, you know accomplish it obviously i'm not the one that's just gonna be flying up and down dunking all game uh i got a good high from three and and uh tonight was just that night so it's definitely special and obviously even more special with the uh the unveiling of the new trophy you know honor Kobe, and uh there's a lot of meaning in that trophy so a lot of greats have played in this game obviously been on this floor and i'm happy to be to join that that uh that list for sure you talk about the list. You were standing up there with the other members of the top 75. What was that like with having everyone there in one place, all those different generations? How did that moment sink in for you? It hasn't. <laughs> it's still surreal. Like you said, you look around the room, look around that uh, stage, and legends that you either watch, knew about, understand the history of the game and how they paved the way for us to be able to do what we do. And a lot of them were super... Uh, just complimentary of what we do and how we play um, and how much fun they, they you know have watching us play. And that means the world because all you want is respect to your colleagues, uh, the people that know what it's like to lace them up and put these uniforms on and compete at this level. 
that's that's all that matters. Well, it's wonderful to watch. We're lucky to watch you, Steph, and uh, congratulations. Enjoy this one. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Crazy. Uh, great conversation there as Steph Curry is the Kobe Bryant MVP as Team LeBron defeats uh, Team Durant 163-160. As you're listening to the NBA All-Star Postgame Show with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you here on NBA Radio, the last part of what he said really resonates with me, and that does matter because the other part of this, not only just the All-Star game, All-Star festivities, but again, 75, NBA 75, that was the theme in Cleveland at Rocket uh, Mortgage Fieldhouse. It was great for him to say that he's happy that uh, players from the past respect what players are doing today, meaning that they love to watch Steph Curry and LeBron James and Giannis and, and so many others do what they do. When you have uh, former players, former Hall of Famers coming up to you saying, hey, I'm a big fan of your game, that's got to mean the world to players like Steph Curry for 2022. Absolutely, and also the players of today and not that long ago, Dream Team guys, uh, members of the Dream Team like Charles Barkley, who are always indebted and and speak very glowing publicly about guys like you know the Oscar Robertsons and the Bill Russells and and and, and Jerry West and, play, and players like that. So it was uh, just a a great, spe- just a tremendous uh, ceremony. Um, it was unfortunate we had some of the ultimate you know big time players: Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, Scottie Pippen, just to name several, who weren't there. Uh, don't know the reasons why. I'm sure they had legitimate excuses, but that was a little disappointing. But how about the fact that Bob Pettit, at the age of 89, the old great St. Louis Hawk, who, by the way, he and Kobe Bryant hold the record for most All-Star Game MVPs at four. Bob Pettit was there, and I love the fact that when they introduced Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when Kareem came out and got the ovation that you think, you know, this is a top player, the leading scorer, LeBron is trying to chase him down for the record. He gives you the skyhook motion, right, Jonathan, to show you, yes, he is back in the building, giving you the motion of probably the greatest offensive weapon in the history of the sport. So it was just a tremendous evening. And I'll tell you, you sat there and watched all the great legends who came out and who was the last introduced? I believe it was Michael Jordan, right? So that tells you his standing among people in the sport. So it was just a phenomenal night. And Jordan had a very busy Sunday just to get to Cleveland, right? At the Daytona 500 earlier in the day, there was speculation, Willie, really, of course Michael Jordan's going to be there. Michael Jordan's not going to pass up this opportunity because you know that he's going to be the guy who everybody wants to cheer and yell for, even in Cleveland. And remember, he took down some great Cavalier teams back in the day. They always show that shot of him over Craig Elo, right? So, yeah, you knew Michael Jordan was going to be there. He was not going to miss this opportunity. And by the way, we should mention Kevin Durant could not be with Team Durant because of the death of his grandmother, Barbara Davis. So our thoughts are obviously with uh, Kevin and his mom. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, he had to go back home and deal with that. Of course, he wasn't going to play. But, yes, you know, this was uh, uh, just an outstanding evening all the way around for the legends of the game. It was just uh, just a great theater. It really was to be able to see those legends come out there for NBA 75 and to be honored. And then you have players that's actually in the All-Star game having to put on the uh, NBA the blazer, 75 right. jacket and yeah. to put the blazer on. Like, right. hey, I'm sweaty. I've been out the there for logo, a first half. Yeah, yeah. And now i got to tile off here and put the jacket on for something special. LeBron, Giannis, Steph Curry, and some of the others had to go back out there amongst the greats. And so it, it was just uh, unbelievable. But you did mention a few that did not make 
Biscuit, you know, Carl Malone, you know, Larry Bird. They, they, they did have a little something on the screen there where they were waving. Right. Uh, so we will right. see that. Uh, Tim Duncan. But Scottie Pippen, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you're Scottie Pippen. I'm not around either. I mean, look at it. I mean, Michael Jordan is in the building. You think? <laughs> right. Do you think if you're Scottie, you want to deal with that? All of a sudden, Michael looks over to see Scottie Pippen. You know what he thinks? Oh, it's Scott Burrell. You know, uh-huh. it's like, just like when he after, went after Scott Burrell in the documentary. I'm just telling you, like, if you're Scotty, you stay away from that. You, you sold the books and the booze and all that stuff about the Bulls. You don't want to deal with Michael. Even on NBA 75, something as sacred as that, you still don't want to hear from Michael Jordan. So stand away. That's a smart deal there by Scotty. He went into business for himself. Great job by Scotty not being there. Good job. But did you notice Dennis Rodman was there? Yes, right. he was. <laughs> well, Dennis, hey, hey, Dennis learned. He learned his lesson. Though the first thing Michael told Dennis, hey, let's talk about in the weight room at the old Berto Center in suburban mm-hmm. Chicago. If you f this up, I'll kill you. <laughs> That's right. That's Remember? right. And he wasn't messing around. But it's always great to see Dennis run. So many legendary players. Just but but I did miss you know when you see John Stockton, you always think of Stockton and Malone. So yeah. I did miss Carl Malone and and for me. Obviously, there's so many great Celtic legends through the years, and Bill Russell, who's 88, just turned 88 last year. It's almost impossible for him to travel these days. Okay, fine, we send him our best. But I was—I always love to see if Magic Johnson's in the building. You want to see Larry Bird there too, right? Yes, no question. They're just inside that. Those guys just help make the league what it is now. All right, eight five five NBA jump eight five five six two two five eight six seven is our phone number. Coming up next, um, even though it was great to see Team Durant and Team LeBron and NBA seventy five, there was a major, huge story that broke on Sunday regarding one of the teams in the Western Conference. What does this mean for Memphis, Golden State, and even the Phoenix Suns? We'll address that coming up next with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood, with you. Is the NBA All Star Post Game Show on NBA Radio? Welcome back to the SiriusXM NBA Radio postgame show. It's easy to find your hometown announcers for your NBA or NHL team on the SXM app. Just search for your team and tap the favorite star in the upper right-hand corner. Then just tap the favorites button at the bottom anytime that you open up the app. Along with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you on our NBA All-Star Postgame Show. What a great weekend it was for the NBA. We're glad that you're with us right here on NBA Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Mitch underscore Lawrence at TweetJHood at 286MNBA. Uh, so even though we had a fun time watching the All-Star festivities uh, in Cleveland, there was a huge story that came out of Cleveland, and that affects the Phoenix Suns. This is from... A number of sources, including uh, Tim Bontemps from ESPN. Phoenix Suns guard Chris Paul will be out for the next six to eight weeks because of an evolution fracture in his right thumb, according to a source close to ESPN. The injury is a massive blow to the Suns team with the league's best record and knocks the all-star floor general out for at least the vast majority of the uh, remaining regular season schedule. Now, keep in mind that the regular season ends seven weeks from Sunday. That's April 10th, Mitch, and the playoffs begin on April 16th. A huge blow to a uh, floor leader and the guy that start that really distraught stirs the drink for the Suns and uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, you put it well. I mean, this is a devastating, devastating loss 
for Phoenix. We'll see how they survive this, if they can survive this right now. I mean, they're 48-10 with Chris Paul. He's played in every game this year. He's 36 years old. We marvel at the way LeBron James continues to play at a high level, and he's 37. But this is Chris Paul as a point guard. And listen, we know what Chris Paul has meant to this franchise ever since he came aboard last year, Jonathan, leading the Suns to the finals, making them relevant again. I mean, the reason the Phoenix franchise is back in business and a contender for the title is really the play of Chris Paul and the leadership. And they were on a pace to win 67 or 68 games. I just don't know how they can survive this with the current cast that they have. They're going to have to make do with campaign, Alfred Payton, Aaron Holiday. I mean, We'll see what happens, but I mean, this is a type of loss that could really end their end their championships hopes. You hate to say it, but just think about everything that Chris Paul has meant as they were up two to zero. We saw what happened when they were up two to zero in the finals against Milwaukee, and then Chris Paul had ligament damage in his wrist. All of a sudden, he couldn't even dribble; he was losing control of the ball, unforced turnovers left and right. So you knew he was compromised. And now, for not to have him for this long stretch. We'll see what happens when he comes back. I, I just don't know how they're going to survive it. Yeah, you know, you think about the health of Chris Paul. That really is a difference to me between winning a championship or increasing the opportunity if you win a championship and not. And, and here's the thing. He's been relatively healthy this year. That's the whole thing. And with, But he's had an issue with this thumb before. Uh, in this same piece, you know, Chris Paul made the comment. He says, you know, the our, my doctor, uh, he, I mean, he's pretty much part of the family right now. Yeah, his hand specialist, uh, right? His hand specialist. Right. So, right. He's, so he's dealt yeah. with this for three or four times in comes at a very odd time so there's two sides of this one 68 weeks with the right thumb injury and then an evaluation we want to make sure that's very clear he'll be evaluated in the, in the area of six to eight weeks yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to return at that time obviously if you're a Suns fan or a fan of the league you want to see chris paul on the floor because he's one of the bright stars of this league it has been for quite some time but the key is he'll be uh, evaluated reevaluated anywhere between six and eight weeks so that means that's more than likely, Mitch, as we end the regular season going into the playoffs, he'll be evaluated at that yes. time. Right, right. So you actually don't know when he's going to take the court. And, you know, right now, they're rolling along. You'd figure, okay, they're going to win the West. They're going to be the number one overall seed. Now that's out the window. That opens it up for Golden State. Obviously, Golden State right now, although they're seven games behind in the loss column, they expect to get Draymond Green back. James Wiseman is supposed to start playing. So you would figure Phoenix is going to fall. I just don't know how how fall they'll fall in the West if they'll get down below a Memphis at three. Um, but this is the type of loss that you just hate for Chris Paul because, you know, how many more chances is he going to have in his career? He's had a phenomenal career. He's been, uh, every you know, in terms of Hall of Fame, top 75, yeah, he's all that. But the one thing he's been missing is what? The ring. He finally got a chance to play in his first finals. Last season came up short. And the way they were playing this year, they were, I mean, they looked like they were going to be the team to beat, obviously, with the record they had, his impact on the team, his leadership will be missed. It's just, man, it's just a bad night for the Phoenix Suns.
The Suns uh, were rolling right into the All-Star break, winners of their last seven, 48 and 10, six and a half games ahead of Golden State, who are licking their chops now, knowing that Chris Paul will be away. It doesn't mean that the Suns are going to have this huge drop from first to sixth or anything like that, but the point is, though, is that it's just more difficult without Chris Paul being the leader that he is. He may not score all the buckets, but he does make Booker, he does make Aiton and others so much better when he's on the floor as someone as a stabilizer for that offense under Monty Williams. And he's, he holds everybody accountable. I mean, yeah. he's always in his teammates' ears. I mean, Aiton last year talked in the finals about he didn't think he could be nearly this good, but it's all because Chris Paul has been driving them. You know, when Chris Paul comes to a team like Phoenix, they had no success. They had been been basically in an NBA wilderness with all those lottery seasons, 10 or 11 in a row since they last went to the playoffs. And here comes Chris Paul to basically teach guys like Aiton and Devin Booker the ropes in terms of what the demands are for players who are in winning situations. And he brought that himself. He turned that franchise around. He brought that culture to that team along. Obviously, Monty Williams has had success. But, I mean, that's something that you just don't replace. That's the problem here for Phoenix because he's really the engine that drives the whole car. So, um, look, uh, just a terrible timing. And, and, you know, you just you feel terrible for Chris Paul because what he needs, you know, what he would like to obviously have that ring to fill out his career. You feel bad for Monty Williams. They have, we're on a terrific role here and the whole entire organization. Now they have to figure out how they're going to, you know, maybe Devin Booker runs more of the offense. Um, maybe they go into the buyout market. Could, market. could Goran Dragic, who used to play in Phoenix, go back there? I don't know. But this is a substantial loss, in, especially in terms of the leadership he gives that team. You mentioned Monty Williams, the head coach for the Phoenix Suns. Let's hear from uh, Monty. He was in Cleveland for uh, everything at the All-Star uh, festivities in Cleveland. Let's get his thoughts on life without Chris Paul for a while. We've dealt with a lot already this year. Um, we've lost multiple guys due to injury this year. We've had things outside of basketball. Um, being, so to think you're going to go through an NBA season and not have adversity, it's you know, silly. You hate it, but you, you're prepared for it. This is different because it's Chris. Um, but with that in mind, it's also an opportunity to you know, strengthen our team uh, get other guys' confidence in certain areas, and then when he does come back, I think we'll be that much better. So thoughts there from Monty Williams, the head coach for the Phoenix Suns, as you're listening to the NBA All-Star Postgame Show with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you here on NBA Radio. You mentioned earlier the Golden State Warriors. Hey, listen, we know that the Suns have had a terrific regular season, but the Warriors are not dead by any stretch. The return for Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers are back with Wiggins definitely locked in to the Warrior way. Kaminga, good young player. Uh, Iguodala will return at some point, but this is a team here under Steve Kerr, relatively healthy. We're waiting to see what's going to happen with Draymond Green, but for the most part, in the second half, you, I'm sure Kerr expects for those players to return, and I'm sure that the Warriors are licking their chops now saying, okay, yep. it's an opportunity for it's- us to be the number one seed number one overall seed because yeah. remember they've got now a better record than you know Chicago Miami Miami at top of the east we'll see how things shake out the big question to me is when is Draymond Green going to come back and you know how compromised is he going to be is he going to be okay with this back injury we all know about back injuries how tricky they are they can be devastating for players and we all know what Draymond Green means when the Warriors have Draymond Green they are a championship level team along with their other guys when they don't have Draymond Green Boy, they suffer a lot. But, yeah, I'm sure the Golden State Warriors are thinking now, 
yes, we can make our move. We can be the no, we can we can get to Phoenix. They still have some work to do to, to catch them, but they would have their eyes on definitely the number one, the overall seed for the playoffs going in, whether it's East or West. You know, watching Draymond Green last night, the All-Star uh, festivities there about for, for TBS, yeah. uh, working with the inside guys, I think he's moving on pretty good. You know what? I think he's going to be back sooner than later. My my eyes tell me that Draymond's ready to go. You see him with the microphone moving around what? the benches. I think he's ready to go. I saw him with the jacket. And what did Shaq say? The uh, the nation of Turks and Caicos thanks you for wearing their, their flag on your jacket. Yes. <laughs> Charles made some some kind of comment about like the pips, like yeah, right. Like, like glass of spinners. I think he said right. The spinners, yeah. yeah right. Oh man. <laughs> like no, Draymond jacket. really has done a great job with the media, but hey, you know what? Everybody wants to see him back on the court because he gives them such inspiration, and obviously. He is, you know, he's a guy who drives the opponents nuts with his antics. And, you know, everything's about winning for him. So the sooner he gets back on the court, the better. And then we're going to find out if they can actually catch the Suns here and how far the Suns do drop. Hey, baseball's coming. As far as we know, MLB Network Radio previews your team's season with a full one-hour breakdown of each club. It's all available right now on the SXM app. Just search Team Audit. Coming up next, Mitch and I will talk about the two faces of, of LeBron James. There's two faces of LeBron James. We'll discuss both of them coming up next. Along with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you. This is the NBA All-Star Postgame Show on Series XM 86 and the SXM app. the Sirius XM NBA Radio postgame show. Glad you're with us here on our NBA All-Star postgame show with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Mitch underscore Lawrence at TweetJHood at Sirius XM NBA. Well, LeBron James had the game-winning shot for Team LeBron as Team LeBron last night defeated Team Durant 163 to 160. A great night for all, including Steph Curry being the Kobe Bryant MVP. LeBron James have had a lot of things to say this weekend, not just uh, last night, but also on Saturday. But some thoughts now for LeBron James. On one side, he talks about how awesome it is to be an all-star and all the great players around. And of course, the other side is the businessman. First, we'll talk about the basketball romantic. Let's hear now from LeBron James uh, shortly after the game, talking about the festivities around NBA 75 that just happened um, for me to be back here you know like I keep staying 35 minutes south where I grew up here in Akron, Ohio um, to hit the game winner in the All-Star game where me and my guys back in the back we were, you know, used to watch the All-Star game and you know I remember 25 years ago we was 12, 11 wishing that we had the opportunity or the means to come up to Cleveland and see some of the greatest basketball players of all time because they inspired us so much um um, and for me to be here today, uh, for my best friends, um, to be here for my wife, my kids, and my family, my mom, and so many people that um, seen me grow from a, a, a really a young toddler to who I am today, it was a, I couldn't even, I couldn't picture that moment any better. Um, to answer your second question, to, uh, to be a part of the 75 greatest basketball players that ever play, um, it just takes me back to my childhood once again, growing up in Spring Hill um, and having all my inspirations um, taped on my wall, Allen Iverson and, you know, Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, 
know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robinson, you know, and to see those guys today and then be on stage with those guys, it is, uh, it is, you guys don't understand. You guys don't understand. I'm trying to make y'all understand as much as I can, but it's just, it's just crazy. Melissa on the front. Hey, Bron, over the last 19 years, um, whenever you've had a big moment in your career, you tweet a kid from Akron or you say a kid from Akron. What does that phrase mean to you? Um, I mean, you can look back there. We all, we're literally all kids from Akron. I mean, we, um, we, we are a group of, uh, young men who always felt like we was looked over, um, you know, because of, you know, the, 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 popularity and notoriety that cities like Cleveland and Columbus and Dayton and, you know, Canton even gets mentioned because of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Cincinnati gets mentioned. And we always felt like we was a flyover city. Um, so I just remind myself and, and remind my following and a group of fans and a group of people that follow my journey that, you know, I'm a kid from Akron or one of the kids from Akron that, you know, has made it and trying to make it possible for the next kid from Akron. Um, yeah. That's what it's about. Jeff, in the back left. Jeff Zilgit, USA Today. Um, Le- LeBron, what was it like watching Steph, especially in, in the third quarter? And then uh, you're not 5-0 and as a-, a captain of picking all-star teams. What's your strategy when it comes to picking the team? Uh, first of all, uh, well, I mean, Steph, I mean, come on, man. This guy is uh, from a different planet. Um, he literally has... Uh, automatic sniper connected to his arm and when he lets it go not only uh himself but everybody on the floor in the stands on tv on their phones whatever you're watching on you think it's going in every time and uh nine times out of ten sometimes ten times out of ten it does go in so to be out there and watch uh you know that kid from akron as well shoot the ball the way he shot it it was uh unbelievable it was a uh, it's pretty cool. Jason on the second round. Brian, it looked like you sought out Michael after the ceremony. You had a, a moment with him. What was that like for you? And can you share anything about uh, what you guys said? Let me switch you out. T, let me switch you out. Um, yeah, because out of the, there was so much chaos going on after we all kind of split. Um, I did not want to lose the opportunity to, uh, to shake the man's hand that inspired me throughout my childhood. Um, haven't had much dialogue with him in my 20 years or 19 years in this in this business, but part of me wouldn't be here without MJ's inspiration. Um, I always wanted to be like him growing up. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy that the game winning shot tonight was a fadeaway and it was inspired by MJ. Um, you know, the way he wore his shoes, the way he wore his uniform. I mean, all the way down to like some of the cars that he drove. Um, how much he inspired me, and um, I didn't want to waste that opportunity because we're just, we're we're just not in the we're not in the same building a lot, and haven't been in the same building a lot throughout my my career, and you know it meant something to me. Marla, next seat. Marla, right now, our Akron Beacon Journal. Yeah, LeBron, just with everything that you've done with your old teammates for the whole week, just you said this was beyond your dream, but I mean. Is this something you'll remember for the rest of your life? I mean, I hope the great health. I hope so. Um, obviously, health is the most important, but I hope I will never forget this moment. And um, 
you know, it would be cool if, uh, you know, 20, 25 years from now when they do the top 100, that is back here, you know? So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably never forget this moment. It's something um, that I'm glad my kids got to witness. And, um, you know, they want my grandkids show up at some point, you know, I'll be able to show them some footage uh, of what their granddad was able to accomplish uh, when he played the game of basketball. Joe in the middle. Joe Varden, The Athletic. LeBron, you've played here since you left, um, but the the reaction tonight uh, when you were introduced and you kind of threw up your arms and kind of let out that roar, what, how did that feel to you to sort of hear the, the way that you were embraced here? Yeah, um, you know, when they said, you know, uh, from, from Akron, Ohio, the kid from Akron, Ohio, that was pretty cool. And then just hearing the, the, the ovation that I got from these, uh, from these fans here, um, you know, they've they seen 11 years uh, of my NBA career. Um, and they saw pretty much, I mean, four years of my high school career. And some of them even followed me all the way back to when I started playing basketball at Semolate, you know, at the ARB. So that's uh, Akron Recreational Barrel, if you, don't, if you don't know. But I'll tell you that anyways. Uh, so somebody, I mean, these guys have followed my journey. And... Uh, for me to be back here, like I said today, and for them to give me that well, that warm welcome, it not only means something to me, but it means something to my family and my friends that's here, and my kids, my kids from my school is all all over this place, and uh, it's just uh, super dope, super, 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 super dope, and I was very humbled and, and appreciative of that. David Aldridge? David Aldridge with The Athletic. Um, LeBron, you're right. We, we don't understand what that's like if it's possible for you to try to explain what it was like to be in the middle of that grouping with every, um, well, not every player, but so many players of significance of the last 50, 60 years. Yeah, but even with the guys, David, uh, that was not here, you still felt their presence. You felt their presence on that stage. And um, I don't know, it, it would be like, going to your favorite musician's concert in in the greatest stadium and you're literally on stage with them while they're performing and the the sense of like I can't believe that I'm here that's the best way I could put it like I can't believe that I'm sitting next to Bruce Springsteen while he's playing in a stadium in London with 160,000 people or I'm in the garden with Jay-Z or whoever that person is, you know. I'm sitting here with Whitney Houston on stage and she's, you know, in a coliseum with 90,000 people and you're on stage. That's what it kind of felt like for me. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Every time they would announce another name, I didn't even get an opportunity to like rejoice in the player that they had named. It was like Gary Payton. I was like, wow. And then JK showed up. And then AI showed up. And then it was D-Way, CP, and Steph. I was, like, I was just, I was tripped out. I was tripped out. LeBron James meeting the press after Team LeBron defeats uh, Team Durant 163-160. This is our NBA All-Star postgame show with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you. That says a lot for LeBron James to geek out uh, over greats. He's great, but he's amazed. He's awestruck by the players around him. That says a lot. Well, definitely. Well, he's you know, LeBron is a guy who we've known through the years. He grew up 
idolizing players, but he was also a student of the game. He knows the NBA history. He knows who came before him. We're talking about, you know, back in the 50s and 60s and what those players meant, players like Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson. And then he told you about, you know, growing up and having the picture of Allen Iverson, the poster of Allen Iverson that he basically was inspiring. So it's ne- I'm never surprised to hear um, LeBron, although it is, you know, when he when a guy like that is in awe of what's going on, then that's really saying something. But that really sums up the entire weekend, right, in terms of, I mean, the, they honor the 75 greatest players, at least according to some. And, yeah, there were even guys who LeBron worshipped and idolized and LeBron looks up to, as he pointed out in his, um, in his when he talked about Michael Jordan. Well, that's the basketball romantic side. Here's the other side of LeBron James, and that is the business side. As we all know that uh, LeBron James is someone that has taken his free agency very seriously, going from Cleveland to Miami, winning a couple of championships with the Heat, then from there winning a championship with Cleveland, then going to Los Angeles, winning a championship there. Well, LeBron James is always looking to see what's next, right? And in his press conference on Saturday, he was looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, the Cavaliers are a team that's on the come. And, uh, and of course, from the Athletic, a piece that was written that Mitch and I saw, that um, he has not ruled out the opportunity, LeBron, to maybe make a return to Cleveland. Some thoughts now from LeBron James said that the Cavs have two stars uh, plus him. They got two all-stars of their own in the game, and DG and, <laughs> and big fella, um, Jared Allen, I mean, and they got another guy, an all-star, and that's me. So, um, I don't know, it's great, man. I'm pushing P, capital P. Mitch, what is that? He's a what Laker. He's putting yes. himself already on the Cleveland roster. What? What is that? He's a Laker. He's a. He's not going to be free agent for what a couple more years. Twenty three. And when he talks about, you know, when asked about, you know, maybe going back to Cleveland, the door's not closed on that. I mean, look, uh, that's that's the LeBron. That's the mercenary. That's the ultimate mercenary that we've seen in this sport who goes around from team to team, and he's always looking to move on elsewhere, especially in a situation where the Lakers now are a disaster in their present state. And, of course, he's probably thinking, look what I could do for Cleveland if I were to go back there and help out all these young all-star players who need someone who is actually taking teams to a title so it turns me off in a lot of ways because listen you're contractually obligated to the lakers what are you doing even talking about playing for another team you got a lot of work to do in getting russell westbrook in line and anthony davis has to come back from an injury but this is the lebron we have come to know not necessarily love but we've come to know this lebron jonathan because this is what he is he moves around and he has no qualms about thinking about like it's time to go i got to go back to cleveland get away from this disaster in la that he created by the way that who he helped create he wanted to have those all-stars those hall of famers around him and great it's a great roster in 2011 but not in 2022 and that's the whole problem with this right i mean look we you and i saw this roster when it first came to be when it all was we said okay an aging russell westbrook an aging carmelo anthony an aging an aging uh, uh dwight howard rajon rondo he said wait a minute what is this right i mean these 
these are great Hall of Fame names, but not now. They can't help LeBron now. The whole thing with the Los Angeles Lakers is on Anthony Davis and his health. Once again, writhing in pain, as we saw him with the Pelicans, the same thing, same thing with the Lakers. Once again, he's hurt. Everything was predicated, I believe, on Anthony Davis and his health because he's the young asset. He's the guy that's supposed to lead this team, not even LeBron. LeBron, he knows where he is in his career, but he really was, I think, leaning on Anthony Davis to stay healthy, and now he's hurt again. So now LeBron James says openly, and I thought there was a tampering rule in the league, he can see himself with the Cavs. So he looks at the depth chart and says, yeah, I can see myself playing with Darius Garland and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Oh, marketing's out. I can put myself in a small four spot, uh, Okoro, Lavert. I can put my, uh, Kevin Love, I'll, I'll put myself right back in there, like, wait a minute, you put yourself on the depth chart while you're a Laker, that should send flares, that should send, send rockets and flares to Los Angeles right now that he's looking to get out. Yeah, not cool, not cool, but Laker fans, I mean, this is what happens when you sign up for LeBron, when you get LeBron, this is the risk that you run, because if things go badly, then he's going to start looking to move out, to get out, to get to a better situation. And by the way, he wants to tie his last year, as he said. He wants to play his final season with his son, Bronny. So I'm sure LeBron is probably thinking like, yeah, this will be perfect. I'll get to go back to Cleveland, and Bronny will come with me. And, you know, I'll wipe my hands clean of the Lakers, and it's up to Anthony Davis to stay on the court and stay healthy and try to win without me. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, man. But we knew this was coming. I thought going into this weekend that, LeBron was going to try to obviously win the All-Star Game MVP. He didn't do that. But also, you could tell that, you know what, he's probably looking right now at the Cavaliers and thinking, yeah, I could be great there. And he got the great ovation. He's still beloved. Why? He provided that franchise with the only title, the only success they've ever had. Back when that crazy, when they came back from the 3-1 down deficit, made history in the NBA Finals, beat the mighty 73-win Warriors. Mm-hmm. So he's still beloved by a lot of people there. So, yeah, this is LeBron James at his mercenary best. All right, we'll keep our eyes on that story. And coming up next, it was NBA 75. What a star-studded event in Cleveland. A lot of the all-time greats were there, including Irvin Magic Johnson. We'll hear from Magic coming up next with Mitch Lawrence, John the Hood with you. This is our NBA All-Star Postgame Show on NBA Radio. Welcome back to the SiriusXM NBA Radio postgame show. If you missed any of our interviews or coverage from All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, including conversations with legends like Magic Johnson, Miami Heat head coach Eric Spolstra, Suns head coach Monty Williams, Draymond Green, and more, you can hear it all on the SXM app. Just download the app free for most subscribers and search NBA radio along with Mitch Lawrence John the hood with you here in our NBA all-star postgame show right here on NBA radio as a matter of fact Mitch I might get in trouble but since we're talking about the SXM app and some of these great interviews I, I can't help it we just got to play some Magic Johnson because he was great uh, so let, let's hear from the great Irvin Magic Johnson great conversation right here on NBA radio uh, welcoming Magic Johnson to our show here, the NBA Legends Award Show. Magic, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How you doing, Rick? Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Magic, I am doing great. So much better now that you are on the show. Magic Johnson is my GOAT of point guards all time. Most people consider him to be the GOAT. Fourth 
all time on my list. Uh, you're on my Mount Rushmore magic with Jordan, Kareem, and LeBron. What I want to know, uh, going back into your playing day, what drove you to such heights? What got you out of bed in the morning? What motivated Magic Johnson? Well, I think the love of the game, love of, of uh, basketball, the love of the process of trying to become great, but also I was chasing championships. Every, every phase of my career, it was all about winning and playing the game the right way. So I put the time in. My work ethic was off the chart. And uh, my basketball IQ, that probably was uh, the biggest thing that uh, really led to my success. And so when I think about, I've won at every level. You know, I won all the <laughs> middle school, high school, state championship, NCAA championship with Michigan State. And then, of course, five NBA championships and then the gold medal. So I just played to win. And that's the only thing I was concerned about was winning. And uh, I had great teammates, and uh, that that was the key. They they believed in what I believed in, playing uh, together, uh, playing great defense, rebound, and then let's go get on that fast break. And then that's when magic can be magic. <laughs> the ring is the the ring is the thing. Hear it from Magic Johnson. I woke up every. I wanted to win rings and accumulate rings. Uh, Magic, what? Give me your favorite or funniest conversation with another member of the NBA top seventy five team over this weekend. Well, the the I've had so many of them, but I would say when Michael Jordan we met in nineteen ninety one for the NBA championship, and we, it was the first game. And uh, so both of us are out there like three, four hours before the game. And it's only him and I. He's on one end, I'm on another end. So we both met at half court and we're laughing. He said, he said to me, Magic, you're in trouble. We're going to beat you in this series. And so I said, man, we, we're going to take you guys out. But I told him, I said, but one thing that's going to happen, Michael, whether I win or lose in this series, I'm still going to win. And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, you got that Michael Jordan jersey, excuse me, you have that Michael Jordan t-shirt on. Look at the hang tag and see what it says. And he looked down and it says Magic Johnson T's on it. I said, see, no matter what, I'm going to sell a lot of Michael Jordan t-shirts whether I win or lose this series. And he was so mad. <laughs> he didn't know I had a license to sell his t-shirt. So that was the best conversation I had. Wow, and, and so that, that comes down to money, which obviously is very important to Michael Jordan, and so you really got him there. If, if you want to, uh, like, have the last word in the bragging rights game, uh, play the money card on, on MJ, and, and Magic was able to do that. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Magic, uh, let me ask you this question, because uh, I want to I want to uh, go to, like, contemporary basketball here for just a minute. Uh, do, okay. you see ele- do you see elements of your game in LaMelo Ball? Oh, no question about it. He's... Uh... He is a great creator of shots for his teammates. Uh, he puts on a show at the same time. He's exciting to watch. Uh, he has high basketball IQ. Uh, I think that when you look at him, he's only going to get better and better and better. And he's a gym rat like I was. So every year, he's going to improve and look to get better. Uh, and so I think that uh, when you look at Charlotte and what Michael Jordan is building there. Uh, they finally got the point guard that they needed to lead them. And he's going to be at the All-Star weekend. I think next year on, 
every single year because he has he has that type of game. And so, uh, man, what a team. They're building something special down in Charlotte, and it starts with him at the point guard position. For sure. Uh, Magic, I know you got to go. I just want to send a bunch of love to you and your family. God bless you and your family. Uh, it means so much to me even just to spend five minutes with you, Magic. Uh, be well. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we'll talk with you down the line. All right. Take care. And uh, this has been a great all-star weekend, and the game is tonight. All right. So a great uh, conversation Rick Hamler had there with uh, Urban Magic Johnson. Here, conversations like that on the SXM app. Look for NBA Radio there. Good to hear from Magic right there. Tremendous. And I'll tell you what, that's a great scouting report on LaMelo Ball. Magic knows talent. And when he says wow. they got something special down there, I mean, we, we know by looking at LaMelo Ball what he can do. When it comes from Magic Johnson, who in my book is the greatest point guard of all time, yeah, Michael Jordan's got something special on his hands. That's good for that franchise. I'm sure Frank and Scal will be talking about this uh, in a few in a little bit here, talking about Chris Paul. The Suns guard Chris Paul out uh, for the next six to eight weeks because of a, a fracture in the right thumb. The injury is a massive blow to the Suns for sure. But uh, Monty Williams, he seems optimistic that he can try to, you know, keep things together until Paul returns. But again, the reevaluation will happen in between six to eight weeks, so we don't really know when Paul will return. Right. Monty's going to try to be optimistic, but like he said, you know, you face adversity, but this is different. This is now we're talking about Chris Paul. So, wow, what a what what a situation now for the for the Phoenix Suns to have to overcome when they were rolling along on a path for 67, 68 wins. Now you wonder where they're going to finish in the West, right? You know, Mitch, it's one of these things with Chris Paul. You want to be able to win while he's there. I mean, he can't be there forever. He's not going to play until he's 50 with the Suns. But at some point, you want to win with him. And this was supposed to be the year possibly for that to happen. I'm not sure if it will. We'll keep our eyes on that story. Yeah, looks to me like it's going to be just one of those years where they fall short because of this loss. Great to work with you again, my friend. Oh, always a pleasure, man. All right, our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to uh, our guy behind the glass, Dan Bradley, doing a great job. For Mitch Lawrence, I'm Jonathan Hood. We got Frank and Scout right around the corner. This is our NBA All-Star Postgame Show right here on NBA Radio.